Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Uh, it's about relationships, making friends as an adult. This is something that comes into my clinical practice, I guess, more often than I would have expected, although I do appreciate and understand the difficulty in adulthood. Um there's a little bit of a um, epidemic with uh, men lacking close confidants. A lot of the research shows, and this is really done on hetero men, that hetero men consistently have the least amount of friends and that they often don't have a primary social outlet for the processing or sharing of intimate, difficult, or vulnerable material. It's quite heartbreaking. And I think that's actually some of the uh, patriarchy at play in our culture. Remember, we talk about things like patriarchy, which are these problematic systems and institutions that actually harm everyone, although they are set up by and maintained, often mostly by men. Women are also people that can strengthen and participate in patriarchy by expecting their husbands or male partners to be the ones that go off and work all day long and miss out on being home with the family. And then it's also on men's shoulders to really put a little bit of less focus on work and to put more time and energy into their primary partnerships and time with their family and children. So it works both ways, but we all have to be um, on the side of allowing men to actually have more adaptability and flexibility within their lives. And that tends to be the case. Men are raised to believe that their worth is tied to just leaving the house all day long and providing for the family and nothing else seems to matter. So I work with a lot of men that say, I don't know what my hobbies are. I don't have any friends. And I say to them, it might be time to work less. Maybe you won't be getting that new bathroom or beach house because you're actually going to prioritize your personal life and mental life. Um, maybe you're not going to get that new bathroom. Maybe you have to change your jobs. Because I've said to some clients, you can't both work the amount of hours you're working and also be a participant in your family and in your relationship and also in your individual life. And that's what the rubric I kind of throw out to everyone. All of your identities should be able to be engaged. I want you to have time with your family. I want you to have time with your partner alone. I want you to have time with yourself alone. I want you to have time just you and your friends. All of that has to be built in for our mental health to be its most resilient and robust. That's what life's about. Life is not about how many objects you can accumulate, how much money you can accumulate. Life is about, am I having fun, joy, pleasure, leisure? Those are attributes I'm always kind of floating out there to everyone I come in contact with, literally, and to make sure that those are centered in your life daily daily. That is not just a weekly or monthly goal. That is a daily goal every day. I want you to somehow find some form of rest that is beyond just having slept for eight hours 
And that for many isn't even what happens. I want you to find something that's rooted in joy and pleasure and has nothing productive tied to it. It's like eating a donut. It provides nothing but a few moments of joy and pleasure. It can be sexual based. It can be entertainment based. It can be food based. I don't care. Just every day, some form of rest, whether, and I've talked on endlessly on the show about this, whether you take your lunch quietly on a park bench, whether you, you know, just sit there and zone out for a while, whether you go sit in your car, I don't care, some form of rest. And then also the joy and the pleasure piece. Cause I brought this up on a show in the past and I said, how many minutes and it's minutes, not even hours. How many minutes this week have you spent socializing? How many minutes this week have you spent doing something just rooted in joy, fun, and pleasure? And some people, it is but minutes, and I want it to be an everyday attribute. So that's kind of the foundation for tonight's topic. How do we make friends as an adult? Because it gets harder and harder. You know, in our youth, school, we're there five days a week, eight hours a day. That's where a lot of our social networks come from. And then maybe we're participating adjunctively in Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, piano lessons, you know, karate, soccer, whatever it might be, art classes. And that becomes yet a secondary way to build friendships. And then I think we even have our, you know, parents sometimes planning, you know, social fun friend dates and birthday parties where we bring our friends to come together. But then we get into adulthood and maybe we're not throwing those big birthday parties anymore where everyone's invited over. We're no longer in school where we can rely upon seeing them every day as a way to build and maintain friendships. And then we're not necessarily participating in hobbies because we're working so much and or we're also focusing on time with our family. I say and or because some people are just working. Um, so as adults, it has to be more targeted, has to be more intentional, and we have to put in the big M word, maintenance maintenance. Got to put in the daily frequent engagements. So we're going to talk about all that. Um, for some, it's harder than expected. For others, this might be a little bit of an easy boost, a little booster shot for it. So, Because um, that's really about the quality of life and our mental health is so tied to that. So it's something you want to kind of examine and maybe set as a new goal that, you know, and again, we're going to get into it in a minute, but um, maybe set it as a goal that this this coming year you want to really focus on some of your own adult individual relationships not relying on your partner or anyone else to kind of guide that or or, or lead the way um so we'll be talking about that and of course we'll be doing some dms so if you got a dm for us drop in the dms on our love line ig page questions topics things you want to sit circle back drop deeper into y'all know the drill those go in the dms on our love line ig page and then past episodes of the show because it's all about that repetition that's always over at we are channelq.com scroll down for love line and click on it all the good stuff is there um Check out some of the other programs while you're over there. We got a wealth of options. We truly do, though. Um, not just music. Otherwise, all you got to do is stick around because we'll be right back. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Shadow Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. Don't go anywhere. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about making friends as adults. Kind of laying the groundwork. We're talking about how it's so much easier when you're a kid. All you got to do is go to school, which you're already forced to do. So unless you're doing homeschool and you're making friends every day, you can count on seeing them every day, you know, instant or hobbies. Even parents are setting those things up. Our birthday parties, we invite everyone. Sometimes the whole class comes over. But then as adults, we're focusing on career, higher education, the relationships we're in, maybe kids, things like that. We, we, we move, we relocate. Everyone's focusing on that stuff as well. But that doesn't mean that we don't need people. We do. Remember, we're relational beings. Our brains, nervous systems, social organs, we are healthy because of the relationships we are in and a part of. We cannot do anything on our own, literally. Like literally, everything is done through the support of other people. Um, but more importantly, our mental health is a huge part of that. Now, looking at some interesting research, I thought some of this was interesting. Uh, research shows people tend to underestimate how much they're liked by other people. That's interesting. So we kind of undervalue ourselves and what maybe we offer someone. Um, so for those that are saying, who would, we, well, who would want to be my friend? Well, a lot of people. Uh, just because you have a negative perspective on yourself doesn't mean others you know, do or might. Um, also, the research talks a lot about not waiting for friendship to happen organically, which I was kind of saying in the earlier segment, it has to be intentional. It has to be strategic as an adult. Um, we expect more. We demand more. Our time is more limited. Um, so what are the recommendations? Um, I love the first one in a lot of the research. It kind of goes back to what I said earlier, which is assume that people like you um, or not. Because I do think actually the opposite's meaningful, which is if you think people don't, what is it you assume they might not enjoy about you? And is that something you can work on changing? Because maybe you have gotten feedback that you cut people off or that I, I, I don't want to list a, a list. I don't want to provide a list of examples as to why maybe people find you difficult to relate to. But you do have to ask yourself that. What have I been told? Um, and is that something I can work on? Because some people don't know how to show up for others and to be consistent. Some people don't know that friends are something we need to put before ourselves at times. Uh, some people don't realize that it can't be about you. You have to also hold space and ask other people what's going on in their life. You have to show up for their birthday. You have to maybe go see their local play or go see their concert. Like you want to support what people are doing. So the research is like, oh, people like you more than you think. Okay, maybe. But there might be also something to the, the chronic relational issues you're having. So that's my first question. If you have chronic relational issues, meaning if you consistently are losing friends, if you consistently are getting into fights with friends, you have some work to do. And we can't change other people. So the first question has to be, what, what is my uh, contribution to that system and to these fallouts? It's not a good sign if you can't keep friends. Maybe you need to be more easygoing. Maybe you need to work on repair. Maybe you need to not cut people off when they upset you and let you down because... That's what people will keep doing. It's what people do. We have to let people apologize and repair and we keep them in our lives. 
So sometimes it is our pathology that keeps us from being able to have friends. I don't want to just assume that like we're all buttoned up and doing what we need to do. And it's just a matter of it's hard as an adult to get friends. No, maybe it's your personality style. So do, do look at that. If you can't come up with an answer, keep looking at that because everyone does have something they can do in order to be a better relational person to friends, family member, loved ones, husbands, wives, children, colleagues. Um, so do ask yourself that we all, we all have something we need to be kind of improving or eliminating. So calling that one out. Um, so it's great that research shows that there's this liking gap and that when strangers interact, they later underestimate how liked they might have been. But again, there might actually be something to that. Um, I thought the next interesting piece that came up all the time was that there's this idea, and I think this comes up with dating that, or even job hunting for some, but that we just think it's, it should happen organically. Why, why do you think that? Where did you get that idea that both love or friendship are things that should just naturally emerge? No, they aren't. No, no, no. I tell people about friendship what I tell people about dating. You have to create the conditions within which it can occur. That is what you have to do. You can't be sitting home all day long. You can't be moving through the world with your hat down, sunglasses on, earbuds in, and thinking people are going to hit on you or befriend you by tapping you on the shoulder and pulling you out of your inaccessibility. That's why, again, it's very similar to how do I go about living in the world as a single person. I say to people, be approachable and accessible. If people in line talk to you with the consent and appropriateness, learn how to ask questions and talk back. Learn how to practice being very social. If you don't want to be dating on the apps, you got to be, you got to be moving through the world in an approachable way. And that's how friendship is. Friendships are started in line at Trader Joe's. Friendships begin maybe by sitting next to them on an airplane. You have to be approachable. So take your earbuds out. Keep your head lifted up. Smile at people. Start conversations. Be part a participant in conversations because it might not be about that specific person. You might not want to be that person's friend or date that person, but you're practicing how to be more approachable and accessible because that's, that's a part of this. So... They don't, the relationships don't happen organically. You have to create the conditions within which it can emerge. You have to help it along. So that's another point. What are you doing that's blocking people's ability to reach out or connect to you or keep up with you? Are you not returning phone calls and emails? Are you turning down all social invites? Because that might be the problem. You want people to jump through hoops to see you and people aren't going to do that. So that's a big piece of this. You examining, and again, this applies to dating, what are the barriers that you are setting up that you need to dismantle? Because people will only work so hard and then healthy people will back off. If every time they invite you, you don't show up, they'll stop at some point. If every time they text or call, you don't reach out or respond or don't do it timely, they will stop doing it. So if someone texts you, text them back immediately immediacy is an important part of this. Because remember, when you're trying to build friendships or romantic relationships, it's the same qualities, consistent, available, reliable, responsive. That's what we're looking to provide for others so they know we're interested, and that's what we're looking to see from others to know they're interested. So whether you're looking to date or friend, consistent, available, reliable, responsive. Taking a day or two to respond to a text doesn't come off as available and responsive in today's culture. I'm not weighing in on whether or not that's right or wrong, that's how it's read. If you never get back, even worse. So if you're trying to court someone or trying to be courted socially or romantically, respond soon. Don't wait and be and present as consistent, available, reliable, responsive. All right, we're going to come back and talk more about all this because I want you all to have the most robust relationships of all kinds. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey.
All right, y'all, we're back. Talking about how to make friendships as an adult. It gets harder and it gets harder and it gets harder the older we get. Kids got it easy. The whole class is invited to the birthday party. You know, we're constantly kept keeping up with everyone. We see them at soccer. We see them at camp. We see them at school every day. If nothing else, that made it real easy. Also made it hard on a lot of people because you couldn't get away from that crowd if it was toxic for you, if there was bullying. That's the downside. We're not really talking about that tonight. But talk about the fact that it doesn't just happen on its own. It has to be strategic and intentional. And you have to create the conditions within which it can occur. That is the same for dating. That is the same for friends. And it's the same traits we're looking for in others and in ourselves. Consistent, available, reliable, responsive. That is how you let someone know, I'm interested on whatever level that is. So if you're taking days to get back to a text, you are perceived as not available. If you don't get back at all, even worse. If you never step into an invite, same thing. See your friends. Make time for your friends. Respond as, as soon as possible. Go to their concert, go to their comedy show, go to their sports event, whatever you're invited to. That's how we do it. It's this maintenance piece. We'll talk more about it. I was also saying that the research shows that people like us more than we think they do, but I also want us to still ask ourselves, where's my work? Because maybe it, maybe they don't. <laughs> like I want to acknowledge maybe they don't like you as much, and, and you are correct. I don't want to assume the research asked the right people that question. Um... But again, remember, there's this whole idea of like accessibility and approachability. You have to present that way also out in the world. I, I've, I've made friends sitting at a coffee shop because someone started a conversation. Now, that's not because the specific person who did it for the first time was someone I had anything in common with in order to be friends, but I still was friendly to an extent and then went back to reading. And then when it happened for the third time, that is someone I was happy that I had showed up as receptive to because they became an amazing friend of mine and we're still in contact. Point being, if you want to be dated or you want to make new friends in the world, you have to be accessible. But if you're always running around, your face is always down, you always have your earbuds, earbuds in and a hat on, people can't connect to you. So that's some of those barriers we have to dismantle. Um, another one is they brought up this whole idea of um, pursuing a hobby. That um, uh, friendships happen organically when we have repeated unplanned interactions and then within those where we share vulnerability. So I like I like those key terms. Uh, repeated interactions is the key. Repetition. So go to the gym at the same time. Go to your dance class at the same time. Maybe go to the supermarket at the same time. Try to be repetitive in your behavior so as to see the same people working there, shopping there, um, working out there. And then just naturally, familiarity emerges. And familiarity is a huge part of this. People start to smile and wave and nod. And then maybe conversation is, you know, sparks. And then at some point, maybe y'all decide to grab coffee. And, it, it, you know, or maybe they just became a friend you see at the gym every time you go. But again, it's about repeat repetition. Repetition, repetition. They say um, repeated unplanned interactions. I, I, I think they can be very planned and, in fact, should be by us if that's what we're seeking. Um, and then also the second piece about sharing vulnerability. That's a hard one. Um, but that's how people realize that you're actually interested in getting to know them is when you start to share important parts of you that have a little vulnerability. You know, it's that big moment. It's like that um, threshold is crossed when someone's like, how's it going? You're like, cool. And then one day you're like, oh, I had a really hard day, you know, kind of fighting with so-and-so. And the other person's like, oh, yeah, I understand that. And then bam. You cross that threshold. Now we're sharing a little, a little deeply. Now we're kind of becoming personal. And that's a really good cue that like, I'm actually interested in being known or knowing you is crossing that threshold into sharing material like that. Um, if you never do that, 
you never necessarily feel safe with that person. Whether again, we're dating or it's a social relationship, I always point out that it's when we have moments of conflict that we really start to feel safe with someone, um, but also in sharing vulnerable parts. And those are the two moments when real relationality actually begins to form. So do allow some of these conversations to drop into a deeper level. Don't keep everything close to the chest. Don't keep everything protected. Don't just give those reflexive, etiquette-driven, polite one-word answers. Someone is taking a risk and says, hey, it looks like you had a hard day. Is everything okay? Maybe tell them. And even if not, take that risk where they're like, hey, how's your week going? Maybe one day say, no, not so good, and see if they follow up with a clarifying question. Because sometimes people meet us where we're at. And it's not that they're not interested in a friendship or going deeper or taking it further. It's that we don't present as though we are. And they're like, okay, got it. Again, just like if I'm sitting at a coffee shop and the person next to me seems of interest to me, but they have their earbuds in and they're reading, I'm going to leave them be. But if their earbuds are out and every now and then they're kind of looking around and smiling, that tells me maybe they are open to connecting. And I might be like, hey, I've read that book as well. Bam, friendship starts. Because that's actually happened to me multiple times. So think about that. What obstacles am I throwing in place that this person has to get through over around in order to connect to me? And most people aren't going to do all that. Just like they're not going to keep texting if you're not responding back. They're not going to keep inviting you to the, you know, a party or event if you never show up or respond. So that's in there. And that's where our work is. We have to create the, we have to, we have to create the conditions, but then we also have to do the maintenance and the follow through because that's the powerful communication. So this is how as an adult, we start to build and maintain friendships because it's not just the building, it's also the maintenance. All right, we're going to come back, do some DMs, and then we'll get back to this. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm noticing that my family is not respecting my boundaries during my healing process. I am a victim of domestic abuse. And while I'm safe and out of that relationship now, <clears throat> my family does not understand that I don't need to talk about it 24-7. I also don't need to talk about it with such emotions as anger and hate. I'm trying to move on, but they constantly bring it up. I've told them I don't want to talk about it. I've told them that I'm healing in my own way and I don't need to be checked in on constantly. They say they're just trying to help, but sometimes it makes it worse. So let's make this a learning moment for all of us that we want to respect people's process. And that a lot of times it's our own anxiety that we're really trying to regulate. It often isn't about the other person. It's that we feel we need to talk about it or we're anxious not checking in on it. But that's where we have to learn boundaries and impulse control. Um, stop making it about you. Even though the intent might be care and love, it lands problematically. So when someone tells you, I don't want to talk about something, the only correct answer is got it noted. Um, Caveat to that is we also want to know that sometimes when people want to talk about things, which this writer is saying they don't, but when they do, oftentimes they want someone just to hold space and listen. And a lot of people have a tendency to jump into action or problem solving. So also be thoughtful about that. And sometimes we can help it along by asking, do you want us to, you know, do you want my help with a solution or do you just want me to listen? And nine times out of 10, someone will usually say, I just want someone to listen. So also ask that. Because not everyone's looking for a solution. Most people just want someone to be present in it with them. They just want to share or they want that co-regulation. Sometimes they might want some tools, tips, and tricks and some fixing. So they'll tell you that. But if someone says they're not interested in talking about something, let it go. Because I don't agree that it's always good to talk about it. I think that's a myth. 
it's good to talk about some things at some times with some people. But there is a point at which we are obsessing and ruminating and forcing ourselves to live in something which A, we need time away from, B, we might actually have resolved, or C, we're trying to move on. And sometimes it's other people that pull us back. So again, it's not always good to talk about it. Um, if we have other things going on in our lives, maybe we need our time and attention directed to something and we'll come back to processing whatever just happened at another day or time. Or maybe we don't have an interest in being that close with the person that's trying to get us to talk about something. We don't wanna drop into that with that individual. Maybe we're having a good day and it's not on our mind and we don't wanna live in the associated and triggered feelings with that topic. If you're having a good day, have a great day. There's no reason to sit in or bring up a topic that isn't relevant to you in that moment because it's not relevant, because you're not thinking about it, because you're not feeling it. We don't, and in fact, in trauma work, we no longer really go back and talk about the details. So it's not necessarily even trauma-informed or trauma-supported to say, tell me every detail, let's talk about it. Oftentimes, it's really about regulating ourselves, staying in the present moment, disconnecting from the past, looking at ways that it shows up, it shows up if at all in the current moment, because trauma shows up in reactions. So we deal with it when it emerges. We don't force ourselves back into it because that can just be re-traumatizing and forcing us into an experience that we're not needing to have, especially if we're having a great day. And I do talk to my clients about not rooming about not living in something and taking time away to be distracted by something, carving out time to find joy and laughter while difficult things are happening and taking a vacation from it. So it's not always good to talk about it. We don't wanna always talk about it at that moment. And if someone tells you not now or not this, the only correct answer is I heard you understood. So for the author of this question, you don't have to participate in conversations you don't want to. No one can make you have a conversation. So again, if your family members say, hey, let's talk about the domestic violence, and you say, I don't want to, you then get up and walk away. End of story. Say, I'm gonna stop you. Again, I don't wanna talk about this. Tell me about your day. I'm gonna stop you. I told you I don't wanna talk about this. Let me tell you about my day. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna go outside for a walk because it looks like you're trying to force me into this, and you get up and you go. You don't sit through it. You don't sit with it. You don't allow it. And that's what we have to do with people that are unaware of themselves, don't understand boundaries, or have poor impulse control, which is what your family sounds like. So apply that. It's the best we got, but it's a learning lesson for all of us. Be very thoughtful about what someone needs and don't force on them what you think they need because you don't know what someone needs. You don't. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, or listen and share. More to come. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back and we're talking about dun, 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 how to make friends as an adult because the older we get, the harder it becomes. So we're talking about a lot. I'm both looking at research and dropping some basic tips on you. Um, I loved the piece of research. It was adorable. What was it called? The liking gap basically meant there's a huge gap between how we perceive others feel about us and how they actually do. And it's nice to hear that the research is like, yo, people like you a lot more than you think. And I was like, that's good. But I also want you to self-reflect and say, hey, 
if I keep hearing a critique from people around me that I need to improve some stuff, let me not go, oh, but uh, the research shows that people actually like me more than I think they do. No, no, no. Some people actually don't like you and they might have a good critique that you should internalize and work on so as to make the rest of your relationships better. So do ask yourself, like, have I been getting a lot of feedback? Is there anything I need to work on? Um, also knowing that friendship building, especially as an adult is intentional and strategic. We can't just think it's going to emerge out of the kitchen when we're laying on the couch or whatever. It's like I say to single people move through the world in an approachable and accessible way. People are only going to do so much to try to connect with you. And some friendships are built randomly while out in the world. I can't tell you how many stories in my own life and other people's lives where they hooked up and nothing else was supposed to happen. And they became best friends or dated, fell in love and got married. Or they were just sitting next to someone at a coffee shop. Someone's like, yo, great book. Did you read blah, blah, blah. Boom. Friendship. And it's all, so it's all about that accessibility, but also it's about that repetition, repeatedly going to the same places and spaces and at the same time to see the same people. My gym example is a great one because I go to the gym at the same time often. And so I see the same people that also go those days at that time. And you smile, you nod, sometimes you strike up conversation, or maybe you see them out and you're like, hey, I see you at the gym all the time. What's your name? Like these are really beautiful moments. And so there is something about that repetition. I also tell people to be out in the world. If you're always at home, no one's going to meet you. Go sit at a coffee shop and enjoy a coffee or read. Um, go see some art. Go go take a class. You have to be out in the world. And hobbies is a great way to do it. We also have meetups, which are planned meetup groups, all centered around topics. And sometimes they're for single people, like hiking for singles. Oh my God, go do that. Or you know, adult learning classes like um, book clubs sci-fi lovers, like all these interesting things that bring people together through a shared love of a topic, meetups, Google it for your city or town, but also hobbies outside of that. Take an art class, take a cooking class, go alone, smile, talk to people. Maybe you won't meet them the first cooking class you take, but it'll soften you, warm you up, and maybe it's the third one you take that hap that brings friends. And thank God you're there for the first two. Maybe start taking tennis lessons. Maybe you'll go to your group lesson. You'll be like, all these people are horrible. I don't want to be friends with any of them. Okay, but at least it's getting you flexible. And maybe you'll then take a second class after that, and it's the second class where that happens. Who knows? But you're practicing being in the world differently. You're being targeted. You're being specific. Um, another thing I remind people is like, for the longest time, I had some clients that were saying things like, I never get invited to a game night. I was like, throw one, throw one. You be the person that puts the dinner party on. You bring the people together. Create what it is you wish you were invited to. You throw the game night on Thursday. You throw the dinner party. You put the book club together. You put the hiking club together. You ask people if they want to try a new restaurant the first Saturday of every month and pull the people together. Create the social world you want. See who shows up. See who keeps showing up. That is a beautiful way to do this. That's a beautiful way to build a squad or a group if that's what you want. I personally don't like group events. I like to hang out with people and my friends one-on-one, -on -one, so I like that deeper intimacy. Groups overwhelm me, so I wouldn't plan a dinner party personally, but I would be the person that would reach out to different friends to see if we can go to dinner. It's all about that repetition. You know, you keep texting, checking in, and that's the other thing, and this is a skill to take into all your relationships. Ask questions and then follow up. That's how someone knows you care and want to be a part of their life. I heard you had a difficult conversation you had to have with your boss. How did that go? Say that to your kids to show you care. Say that to your wife or husband to show you care. Say that to your friends to show you care. If you know they're having a surgery, how was that? Thinking of you, can I bring you anything? These are profound demonstrations of interest and intimacy and relationality. We have to be willing to do that.
Um, and again, it's the repetition that keeps showing up. There's something called the exposure effect, which describes our unconscious tendency to like people the more familiar they become to us, which is what happens when you see people at the same places at the same times. You know, you're always going to the gym at 9 a.m. People become a little familiar to you. You then feel comfortable with them, even though you don't know them. You have a tendency to be more drawn to them. And that's why I tell my patients, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable the first time. Keep showing up to that event. Keep showing up to that meetup. Keep showing up to that new group you're a part of. Keep showing up to that class. It will become easy. It will become familiar. And maybe your new best friend or whoever else might not emerge from that. But again, you're in that process and you're normalizing that. Because as I tell people, you're, you're not going to do it one time and bam, there's your new best friend. And you can't walk into your first night of your first art class saying, is my new best friend in this room? No, I don't think they are. Failure. It takes time. These things aren't a one-off. It's like dating. You're not going to go on one date and bam, you fell in love and got married. You're not going to apply to one place and send out one resume and bam, you got hired and we're good for life. It doesn't work like that. It's about changing how you interface with the world and putting in the work. Um, all right, we're going to come back. We'll talk more about that. And then later we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a question or topic for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around, y'all. Oh, Rachel, we're back and we're talking about the best ways to uh, make friends as an adult because it gets harder the older we get. It's not as easy. We can't rely upon school, class parties, all the hobbies we used to have, but we can create that now as in our adulthood. Throw holiday events at your house. Throw a game night. You can still throw parties and invite people. It's a great way to do it. You can still have hobbies as an adult. In fact, I mandate that you do. You cannot just work. You cannot just work and spend time with your family. Go off into the world at least once a week or so and participate in something on your own so you can just be a single solo person out in the world for, the, for an hour and make some friends. And your partners, if they're healthy enough, will support and encourage that. If they're threatened by that, you got a toxic partner and you got some other issues you got to worry about at home. Um, okay. So we're talking about the fact that you have to dismantle the barriers that you might have thrown in place or maintained in place. You want to consistently go to the same places because familiarity makes us feel comfortable with people. Making friends has to be targeted and strategic. It's not something that's just going to emerge on its own. Um, so you have to keep showing up. Also, you want to start to um, have personalized experiences or, or connections with someone. Got to be something you want to build that's unique and special about the two of you that makes that person really tend to value you. Some of the studies use words like exclusivity. I don't like that word, um, but it's basically saying that. Um, I like one of the examples they give that like, you know, sometimes we see people in a certain context like at work and it's work that really drives that friendship. But then when you take them outside of that normative framework and you say, let's go grab a drink after work, that is the demonstration that I want to put some effort into this and I want to deepen it. So it's that shifting of the framework. When you say to someone in class, let's hang out outside of class. Someone at work, let's hang out outside of work. Stepping out of that normal context is really helpful. Someone at the gym, let's go gra grab drinks. Let's go get lunch. Let's get a smoothie. Let's hike sometime. Asking for something outside of that standard, almost lazy maintenance place or, or space that you see them. So what am I saying? I'm saying it's great that you see them all the time, but if you want something deeper and, and more vulnerable and more intimate, you have to also say, let's go and build outside of this place and space or not. But that's how you really build in friendships. So that's the question. How many people are you seeing where you intentionally had to make plans with them? 
What kind of conversations do you have with that person who you intentionally seek out and make plans with? How often are you reaching out? You have to reach out at least weekly if you want them to feel very primary and close to you. Some friends even more than that. Ask questions and track the answers. When someone tells you what's going on in their life, follow up and see how that's going. Um, one of the things I had said on another show about parents is, do you know your kids' friends' names? Do you know their parents' names? Do you know the name of your kid's dentist? Like, if you don't have answers to these things and you don't have an intimate relationship with your child, um, same thing with your partner. Do you know your partner's best friend's name? Do you know who they're maybe dating or married to? Do you know who your partner's friends are at work? Do you know what they do for work? If not, you might not have a deep intimate relationship with your partner. Same thing with your friends. Do you know what they do? Do you know where they work? Do you know who their other friends are? These are questions we want to ask ourselves. Do we actually know who these people are? And if not, you have work to do on deepening those relationships. Otherwise, we can feel very lonely while with someone because the mere presence of a body next to us isn't intimacy or friendship. Again, I can fly in an airplane for six hours to the other coast and have built no intimacy with that person who's rubbing their elbow against mine for six hours. It really is about, did I turn to them and engage them? Did I ask them poignant and personal questions? And then to have a true relationship with them, did I say, let's hang out outside of this airplane? Give me your number, let's meet up sometime. Because that's the, that's the sign that like, I really wanna do something with you or with this person. Or not, right? But as, you know, again, as adults, they don't just, things just don't get so easily dumped in our laps like they do when we're a kid, which is some of the beauty of being a child, right? Everything's kind of mapped out and handed to you. But again, as an adult, Pick a class you've always wanted to take of some kind, cooking, something academic, art, go out in the world and experience some things. Um, I have clients that are working from home and I say to them every now and then, go do some work at a coffee shop at the same time, at the same coffee shop, get to know the people that work there and hang out there. Maybe you'll never know their name or get their phone numbers, but at least it's a place that has some social familiarity. I love going to the same coffee shops where I at least recognize the people that are there at times or work there. It feels soothing because friends can exist on all different levels. There's people where I just want familiarity with. And then there's others where maybe it's gentle, kind banter. And then there's people where we kind of check in and make each other laugh. And then there's friends that I go to for that deeper sharing and processing and vulnerability. And it's okay to have all those different people. But I want to make sure you at least have one person in your life outside of your primary partner who you can connect with, who you know is there for you, who you have deeper conversations with. If you don't have that, start to develop that. That is important because sometimes you're gonna to have to process what's going on with your partner and you can't process about your partner with your partner. We all need to have a friend outside of our primary and some people, they put all of that load on their primary. You're gonna be the parent to my children. You're gonna be the person I share life with. Um, we're gonna share a bed. You're gonna be my sex partner and then I'm also gonna expect you to be my best friend. That's adorable when your partner's your best friend but you also still need a true best friend outside of that. I want us to at least have that second person. And if you're single, it's even more important. Um, and there's ways to kind of target that. So we're gonna come back and talk about a few more things you can think of to, you, know, you should consider, I should say, to apply to this. But let those, let those wheels get moving. If nothing else, ask yourself, what are the things I need to work on that prevent me from having ongoing, healthy, deep adult relationships? Is it that my partner makes me feel bad and doesn't encourage me? Maybe I need to get rid of that partner or explain to them that that's abusive. Is it that I haven't prioritized this and maybe I need to start leaving work early and working less on the weekends and actually working on hobbies and social relationships? Is it that I'm not a good friend and I don't get back to them in a timely way, if even at all, and then I'm shocked as to why we're not close? Do I not maybe show up to their events or parties? Because that's that's in there too. Because sometimes it's the way we're relating or not relating to the people that are already currently here versus I need to go out and make them. And if you're constantly losing friends, 
if you're constantly getting in fights with friends, you have some work to do. Therapy can also help with that because some people just don't know how to make and keep friends. All right, we're going to go back and talk about that. We're also going to do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Level Energy page. Questions, topics, things you want to hit, circle back, drop deeper into. All that good stuff goes in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And past episodes of the show, always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, y'all, stick around. we got a whole lot more to come. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Rachel, we're back. Talking about how to make friends as an adult. Uh, talk about looking at your part in all of this. Why am I losing friends, not keeping them? Am I actually putting time, energy, and effort into making those friends? Am I approachable when I'm out in the world? Am I going to the same places and spaces so as to build familiarity with others and others with me? Is Am I doing things at home that I can do out in the world? Um, do I need to work on getting more support from my partner and saying, listen, I need to have friends. I need you to support that. I need to go off on my own sometimes and just hang out with these people. Healthy partners will support that because we're only in relationships with people we trust that trust us. Otherwise, you have a deeper issue. Another thing I point out is sometimes it's about going backwards. Are there people, people that you miss being close with? Are there people that are around or had been around that you wish you had been closer with? Start rebuilding that now. Say, hey, I miss you. Let's grab a drink. Or 
checking in. It's been a while. How have you been? And then keep checking in. Build consistency. If, if you're always being like, hey, on my mind, and that's it, that, that wasn't anything. Some people do that. Hey, thinking about you, and then we don't hear again for a few weeks or months. That, that was nothing. That was cute, but that's not a friendship. You don't have a friend in that person if that's all you're doing. That does not equal friendship. Friendship is you actually at some point say, let's get on the phone. Let's check in. Let's meet up for coffee. Let's go for a hike. You know, I know you're going through a divorce. How did that land? It's about maintenance. That's the key word, that M word. Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. You can't just send a close-ended text like that and think, that's my friend. No friendship is there. No intimacy was built. You did not learn about them. They did not learn about you. That is not someone who feels like they can rely on you. In fact, quite the opposite. You know, you're just kind of popping in with some pleasantries. That's cute, but that's not, that's not it. <laughs> so again, ask yourself, are there people that I used to be close with that I want to get back to that with? Are there people that I've let drift and I want to bring them back? Is there someone in my life that's very casual that I wish I knew deeper? Start laying that groundwork. Start checking in more. Start having more conversations, deeper conversations. And again, stepping outside of the normative framework. If you see them all the time at the gym, you see them all the time at work, taking it out of that framework by saying, let's, let's get dinner outside of work sometime. Let's hang out outside of the gym. That is a powerful communication of having a deeper relationship with that person. And also on the receiving end, you maybe you're all stocked up on friends, but maybe this person who's trying to get to know you, A, finds a lot of value in you and you could benefit from that, or also is just doing the work to build friends. So maybe have a willingness to do that. Um, now, of course, you wanna make the needs known because sometimes maybe that's how some people try to court, which is why I'm always saying, if you're asking someone on a date, use the word date so they know and you know. Because if someone says to me, do you wanna grab coffee? I don't think that's a date. To me, that's someone trying to get to know me socially because I expect people to be adults and they're asking me on a date to use the damn word, do you wanna go on a date? Otherwise, I just think, think we're grabbing coffees and working on a friendship. You know what I mean? So like ask, and if someone asks you and you don't understand, you're allowed to clarify like, hey, uh, just to be clear, are you asking me as a friend or out on a date? It's okay to ask that. I don't wanna live in a world anymore where no one really knows what's happening. I didn't feel comfortable using the word date. I, I, you know, Someone on the other end is like, they didn't use the word date, so I don't really know what I'm showing up to. Oh my God, ask. Use the right words. Hey, you seem really cool. Uh, you know, I'd love to build some kind of a friendship. Let's grab coffee after the gym. Perfect. Use that word. Because people aren't comfortable with unclear motives. Because maybe they're interested romantically, maybe they're not. Maybe they have a primary partner and they're monogamous. Like, I don't know who you're talking to. And people don't know who's talking to them. So make your needs known. Be vulnerable. That's a huge piece of this. I guess the other thing I wanted to just throw out there is now a lot of these dating apps also have friend options. Yes, where it's just two people wanting nothing sexual, nothing romantic, and just want to meet friends. And I love that. Um, so do a little, a little digging up, but there's a whole bunch of them. Like I said, there's meetups. Every city has them where they put together organized events, sometimes for dating and singles, but a lot of them are just for social people that love certain things, bringing them together so people can meet because people travel, people move, all sorts of things happen. And throughout the duration of our lives, we might want new friends or more friends. So meetups are awesome. Like I said, a lot of those apps have a friend finding component. That's amazing. And then you bond over commonalities. You're both sober. You both like outdoors. Because sometimes you move to an area you don't know anyone and maybe you like something that's a little niche. Um, but then there's also spiritually different ones. Join a lecture series. Go to church. And I guess finally I would just say 
always move through the world with a yes. Um, when in doubt, say yes and go. Uh, whether you're interested in that person as a friend or not, because you can meet people through them, everyone's doing their best, but you want to get in the habit of showing up to things. Because again, it's all about that familiarity and that repetition. We can't go off into the world as a one-off and then wonder why these people haven't like given us their numbers and tried to be our new best friend. Uh, we got to put the time in, and that's why a lot of times it's like you're laying the groundwork. It's a slow build. You're building towards. Um, be willing to do that. It takes time. It's like I said, it's like dating. It's like finding a house. It's like finding a job. You don't just do it as a one-off and then wonder why the results weren't optimal. You got to kind of repeatedly return to that process. It has a lot of value. Um, we never, we're never too old for friends. We never outgrow friendships. No matter how amazing our family is, our primary partnership or our career, we need a little bit more than that. It's healthy for us and it also kind of gives us some resources. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna do some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you wanna sit, circle back, drop deeper into, all that in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And as always, past episodes of the show is over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, share. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. Uh, let's see. I'm adopted. My birth mom was on drugs with my sister and I, and we ended up getting taken away at a very young age. We are both fully functioning adults, have jobs, homes, and we're doing great. That's awesome. My entire life, I've stayed away from drugs. Alcohol, I'm okay with because I know my limits and I make sure that I'm surrounded by good people if I decide to drink. However, recently my friends have been talking about how they want to take a trip and do drugs, mostly Molly mushrooms. I've stayed away my whole life due to the fear of becoming dependent on drugs because it's in my blood. My question is, is that even a real thing? Um, no, it's not a real thing. <laughs> you know, everyone's relationship to drugs or alcohol is going to be different, determined by a lot of things. Trauma, we know, is the gateway to addiction. Addiction is a result of trauma. It's also a result of faulty coping mechanisms. It's also the result of attachment issues. There's no such thing as an addict. Everyone has a different thing that is driving their problematic relationship to drugs and alcohol. Um, and, and that's the important part of what we'd call addiction is understanding what, what is that about? Is it about cognitive distortions? Is it about faulty coping mechanisms? Is it about attachment issues where you turn to drugs instead of individuals? Um, is it about the social environment that you're a part of and it's been normalized? Is it just that you need to learn healthier ways to use? Is it that you just need to take a break? If you are managing your drinking, I'm gonna trust that you can manage your drugs. 90% uh, of people that are drug users have no addiction issues. It's only 10% that do. And those people tend to have a history of trauma. You don't seem to have one. You seem to be high functioning. And no, inherently being adopted does not mean that it's a trauma. In fact, it seems like it's the opposite for you. Um, you've managed drinking. I assume you'll manage drugs and alcohol. I'm sorry, uh, drugs. Just keep, keep an eye on it. You know, be thoughtful about when you use, how you use, where you use. But no, it's not in your blood. Um, it's not just, there's not a, it's not a genetic thing. Nothing, genes don't work like that. There's so much more that goes into why certain things manifest in some individuals. But um, no, there's a lot of people that are carry the same genes and are all family members and related and some have an issue and some don't. And that's because it's more contextualized and, and specific than just if your mom and dad do, well, then you do too. It doesn't work like that. But we know as a result of trauma that we have, we have three to five times, depending on how many traumas you have, of an increased chance of using drugs and alcohol. And if we're five plus, higher 190% uh, of a chance of having things like psychosis. 
Um, so it's more related to those early environmental things that don't seem to be in your history. But again, more importantly, you manage alcohol. I trust you'll be able to manage drugs. Keep an eye on it. Um, there's no reason to think that that'd be a problem if anything else hasn't been in your life. Um, we'll go to another one. we got another time. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I'm on several dating apps. really bothers me that some of these men and women are putting COVID negative in their bios. Is this just annoying me or is that the way of the future? Why does it bother you? <laughs> I'd want to know. I'd want to know if I was going to meet up with someone on an app. When's the last time they were STI and STD tested and also whether or not they are COVID vaccinated or tested? Yeah, I think it's smart. I don't want it again. That's why I am still being very thoughtful about where I'm going and who I'm around. I'm not going into any large crowded spaces and definitely nothing indoors. I, I'm actually going to be a lot more thoughtful moving forward in general. But yeah, that's legit. That's legit, especially in hookup culture. People should be asking questions like that. I don't know why that's annoying to you. I'm assuming you're not you're not uh, vaccinated or tested. I don't I don't really know, but yeah, I want people to be asking questions like that. Oh, that that's now part of sexual health and wellness, and I think social health and wellness. I don't think it's discriminatory, um, but yeah, people people are putting it out there. You know, um, I worry more about people putting shaming things in bios. You know that other people shouldn't have to encounter or stumble upon. Um, yeah, let's worry more about that. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM for us, questions or topics, things like that, put them in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes of the show are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. A lot of wacky stuff going on in the world, y'all. So please, please, please take a break from the news and scrolling because you're gonna be flooded with all reports and updates and interviews and commentary on what's going on in the world. We need to break from it. You know, news doesn't change that fast. So take a few hours away from it. If not an entire day, go do some self-care, do something fun, please spend your, spend your downtime doing something fun, joy, pleasure, rest, leisure, you know, change the conversations. We don't want to just be sitting in this. It's going to overload our nervous systems and our psyches. So uh, be thoughtful about that, but I'll remind y'all cause that's what we do here. Very self-care focused. Um, all right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Enjoy the rest of your night. Be kind to yourself and those around you. We're dropping the bar. And uh, as always, thanks for hanging out. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.